right when you don't know what to do just keep on breathing from the city of angels in los angeles welcome to all my listeners out there in radio land i'm dave the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com coming to you live and on demand 24 7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio video platforms platforms like oh i don't know itunes iHeartRadio, radio youtube spreaker soundcloud vimeo stitcher radio blog talk radio Castbox, mixbox Listen Notes, Blueberry, just too many to mention. In fact, we are proud to be voted at number one caregiver podcast in the top 50 on Player FM, number two caregiver podcast on that famous feed spot out of the top 60, and number two caregiver podcast on caringvillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Have you ever wished that you could snap out of it when you feel overcome by stress, worry, fear, frustration, or other troublesome feelings? I know I have. <laughs> Our guest today has developed a new approach to mindfulness designed to help you do just that. Mindfulness expert Julie Potaker is author of the new book, Snap from Chaos to Calm. And Julie's first book, Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have to, Mindfulness Methods for Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos, is now avail- available on audiobook. Hey, that's cool. I know that's not easy to do because my book... Secrets from the Hammock is available on an audiobook, and that was hard work, especially if the author reads it. Did you read it yourself? Yes, I did. And Snap is out on audiobook now as well. Congratulations. That is not easy to do, but no, it was intense. So rewarding for both the reader and the author. Yeah. But before we get started, I do want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest. After losing two loved ones to the disease of, of Alzheimer's and dementia, Cheryl Hograve received her own Alzheimer's diagnosis with the sever- in the, within the very same year as her mother's passing. You'll enjoy hearing her amazing story. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 26 global audio video networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Julie Potaker, so great to have you on. Really fun to be here again. Again, that's right. I was going to mention you. This isn't your first time. It's not your first rodeo. Nope. I don't know how long has it been. One or two years ago. I think it might have been 2017, actually, or 2018. I don't know how long you've been doing this. Two to three, uh, over ten years. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a long time (laughs) for you to not come back on the show. So I always like to ask my guests just who is Julie Potaker and why was she placed on this earth. Wow. Um, I'm a mom, a wife, a daughter, although my parents are now both gone. I still Mm. am a daughter, a (laughs) sister, a teacher. Um, I think I was placed on this earth to help alleviate suffering. (sighs) Suffering. Well, there's there's quite uh, everybody's share of suffering. Um, Is it possible to have a suffering-free life? Not if you're human, no. Okay, so you're just to alleviate. I'm not trying. To, not to eliminate. 
No, <laughs> no, I'm alleviating suffering one human at a time. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's the best way. It's gratifying. Well, of course it is. Yes. So I understand that you've got something called the SNAP method. And I'm wondering why you created it. And uh, I also understand that you were showing severe stress symptoms yourself. So tell us all about that. So back in the day when I had three teenagers who are now 28, 28, and 32. Twins? um, Yeah. So when the twins were in middle school and their brother was in high school and everybody was, you know, perhaps age appropriately bad teenagers. (laughs) Uh, and they all had learning issues, you know, ADHD. And so schoolwork wasn't easy and they just didn't really dig it anyway. I was completely losing it. Mm. And also my parents um, were getting on in years and my mom had health issues. And I was that like typical sandwich generation trying to yep. keep all my balls in the air. And of course, the balls fell and I ended up needing um, I ended up going to a neurologist worried that maybe I had a brain tumor or something going on in my head because my thoughts were scattered, my words were garbled, my concentration was shot, and it turned out that I was suffering from stress. And so he recommended mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is a very solid, old, eight-week curriculum developed in 1979 by John Kabat-Zinn. I took it, and it was the doorway in to all the other trainings and teachings that I then did eventually some years later, I'm giving you the executive summary here, um, becoming a mindful self-compassion teacher. That eight-week curriculum created by Chris Germer and Kristen Neff was the, was the curriculum that was magic for me, that was transformative for me. And then they did a teacher training and I took, I was in the first cohort of teachers there's thousands of us now. It's really? 14 languages. So that I, I I started becoming a mindful self-compassion teacher in 2014 because of that, because it helped me, fixed me, whatever. That's when your kids were still teenagers? Yeah. And well, the girls, um, the girls graduated high school in 2013. So yeah, they were still teen. They were still. <laughs> Wasn't that just one more thing on your plate to add to the stress? Or it was no? something that filled me up. Okay. I um I used to be a an attorney. I really am interested oh. in education. <laughs> I like being a student. And so the neuroscience classes, interpersonal neurobiology course, the experience dependent neuroplasticity from Rick Hansen, that training enabled me to teach people how to rewire their brains for happiness oh. and resilience, which is what I did for myself. And he became my mentor. So it's all, yes, yes. I added stuff to my plate, but it was stuff that nourished me. It was good stuff. It was vegetables, <laughs> protein, <laughs> yeah, things you needed. It was things were I were lacking. And it gave me a calling. I didn't have this calling before. Oh, at a purpose now, besides yeah. being a parent. Right. Cool. Well, there's a lot of strong evidence behind how mindfulness affects the brain. 
I mean, I didn't always know about mindfulness. I think you might have been one of the first guests that turned me on to it. And uh, I started asking people, have you heard of this thing called mindfulness? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's <laughs> like I was the stupid one in the crowd who didn't know. <laughs> can you explain how we can rewire our brains? Sure. Um, peace and even happiness? Sure. It's so easy. So, Dave, anytime you feel happy, anytime, for whatever reason, if you let that happiness fill you in for a couple breaths, you're enriching it and absorbing it. You're creating a new neural bridge in your brain, a new neural pathway, because what wires together fires together. So, so what do you mean? Like, if I'm happy, you want me to just soak it in, breathe it in, don't let it leave? Yeah, don't, don't waste it. Don't, don't let it go. Don't savor let it, it like a like a good exactly. steak. Exactly. <laughs> don't let it. If you eat red meat, right? Don't let it fly out of your head like a sieve, like a colander. Right. So how I teach that is, that's a beautiful sunset. What's for dinner? No, that's a beautiful sunset. Wow! Look at those colors. That's amazing. Boom! You've done it. So it doesn't. Yes, and I just came day. from a place that had a beautiful sunset every single night that I don't normally get to see. And yeah, we, we just took it in. We just stared at it and watched it transform before our eyes. So every time you did that, you created a new neural pathway and Ooh. all those happy pathways end up pruning out the negative. So you know how like you worry and ruminate because you're a primate and that's what we're wired to do? <laughs> It is. We shouldn't beat ourselves up over it. That's what we're wired to do. So in so your default mode network is like your wandering mind when you're not when you're not um on a task. Mm -hmm. And that can be a negative place because you're a primate. But the more happy bridges that you build, the more negative ones get pruned out. Pretty soon your brain's just a nicer neighborhood. It's just a yeah. happier neighborhood when you're just la-di-da, not doing anything. And okay. that is all experience-dependent neuroplasticity, all of it. That's amazing. Um, so you've been studying, practicing, and teaching mindfulness ex extensively for, God, many, many years. Yep. And how did this lead you to write your book, Snap, From Chaos to Calm? Okay, so during COVID, I had a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, is the snap part, is it really that easy? Because we're living, yeah. snap your fingers and, you know, yep. the yep. microwave, you know, and it's. Yep, a, yep, yep, it's that easy. So it's yeah. when you're, when you're, so you have to know that you're feeling a difficult emotion. That's where the mindfulness comes in. So you have to know fear is arising or anxiety is arising or anger is arising or grief is arising or fatigue is arising. Something that doesn't feel good is arising and you want, to acknowledge it, you don't want to bypass it, but you would really like to change the channel. So that's where SNAP comes in. So you snap your fingers. That's just to remember the acronym. And then the S is soothing touch. And for you, Dave, maybe you have your hands on your heart. Maybe you have your hands on your belly or one of each. Maybe you're just hugging your arms or you're cradling your face or you have one hand in the other. But in one of these places where you've got your own good hands and your own worthy body, you're going to have a release of oxytocin and endorphins. That's a good and thing. Just those feel-good hormones <laughs> start down-regulating the cortisol and adrenaline that you have because something icky is arising, right? 
So you're down drugs. You're down regulating it right away, right? So that's the S. The N is name the emotion. You're naming it to continue to give your prefrontal cortex the amount of seconds it needs to come online. So first you're down regulating with some feel good hormones, then you're naming this is, let's say it's anxiety. This is anxiety. And then the A is act. I've got these groovy hand motions to go with it and arm motions. And the act is, what do I need to hear right now? And what do I need to do right now? Which is like your penultimate mindful self-compassion questions. So what do I need to hear right now? If it's anxiety, maybe it's, I'm safe right now. Actually looking around, this doesn't feel good, but I'm not in any danger. I can calm down. And then what do I need to do right now? That's going to be your toolbox. And so it'll depend what's available. If you're in your car, you can't take a bath, right? right? But if you're home and it's and you're not actively caregiving, maybe you want to take a bath or maybe you want to play a tune that makes you feel good or call a friend or grab a glass of water or whatever it is from your 35 things that you do, even looking outside or taking a walk, that's all in the act, grab bag of toolbox. And then the P is praise. And for me, it's good job, Julie. You used your practice. Thank your teachers. Thank the universe. If you're a particularly religious person of any flavor, that's the perfect praise time to thank your deity. And that really folds you into gratitude, which of course is a big mental health and well-being benefit. So SNAP's just this like perfect little package. SNAP, soothing touch, name the emotion, act and praise. Mm. You know, this is eerily similar to something that happened this last weekend. We were to meet with uh, Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Do you know who he is? I totally do. I'm a dog uh, person. He is amazing. And uh, there was this woman who brought her dog, a service dog, and she was complaining that the dog was always pulling on her when she tried to walk it. She wanted the dog to walk beside him. This guy is amazing. I mean, he I think he's a dog in a person's body. And he just looks at the dog and he says, he looks at her because she's a, a bodybuilder, you know, and she's just very muscular. And he says, I can tell right away you're tense. I can see the muscles just pulsating in your neck and in your, you're very stressed. She she goes, yes, I am. I'm always stressed out. He says, well, that's, you're stressing your dog out. You know, you need to just breathe right now. Just stop and and breathe and relax and de-stress. And you could see her muscles start to calm down, you know. He says, here, now walk your dog. And she walked the dog in front of everybody and the dog, and the dog healed. just walked beside her and she says, oh, my God. And he says, everybody, I just want to alert to you. You have just seen a miracle. This dog was not changed. His owner was changed. 100%. And the dog responded. And I mean, my gosh, mindfulness. Can the animals really pick up on all of our problems? He says, yes. you know, he rehabilitates people. Or he 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 rehabilitates dogs because of the damage that we have caused them. Exactly. And he trains people. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have energy bodies. Did you ever read any of that heart math stuff? I don't teach it, so I'm not an expert on it. But it's super cool. Like, we have 
a biofield that comes off of us that goes out a certain number of feet wow. that other beings, dogs included. Dogs are very sensitive. They can sometimes feel. hear an earthquake before it happens. You know, our, um, my dog, our dog can sense a uh, seizure before it happens. How does that happen? Exactly. Well, they're trained for that. But like my dog, if I'm upset, will just come over and put her <laughs> head in my lap. She knows. Yeah, our dog does that too. Sweet. Okay. Um, so I think you described what is SNAP and how it helps people really stress. So let's go on to um, what makes SNAP different from other mindfulness acronyms, because there's, there's a ton of them now, I'm realizing. Yep. Uh, everybody's got their own little formula, their own little acronym. Why is SNAP different from uh, other people's, uh, for example, RAIN? Yeah. So I talk about RAIN a lot in my first book, and I and I taught RAIN until I developed SNAP. And the Remind snap, us what RAIN means, first of all. Oh, yeah. It's recognize that you're having the emotion, allow it to be there, investigate why it's there, and then either not identify or nourish. Um, that got changed through the years. So that was created in the 80s by... Wendy McDonald, I'm uh, almost 100% sure. And um, and then Tara Brock popularized it. And she's a, an unbelievably fantastic teacher. So I learned it from her. And I really liked it. And then I realized that I was always doing soothing touch. Soothing touch needed to be first because you wanted your body to release those hormones. Uh And I don't think in the 80s they even knew that that happened, right? And so so really SNAP's kind of an update to all the acronyms because it's really the brain science. I mean, RAIN had you labeling the emotion so that you could get your prefrontal cortex online, but I don't even know if they knew when rain was created, how many seconds it took for your prefrontal cortex, which is behind your forehead, to come online to make a more skillful response. I don't think they knew any of that. They just kind of knew, like, when we were kids, count to 10 before you respond. Yeah. They they knew you'd make a better response, but they didn't know why. So let's review uh, SNAP. Give me the acronym for SNAP again. Soothing touch, name the emotion, act and praise. Mm. So, and just remember that the act is your toolbox. That's what do I need to hear? And you tell it to yourself. And what do I need to do? And the what do I need to do piece, you develop that over the course of your lifetime because you know what makes you happy. Mm. You know what brings you joy. And then every single night when you write in your gratitude journal, which you must do, must, 100%, especially if you're a caregiver. You cannot leave this piece out. You can write, what did I enjoy today? What am I grateful for today? And if you had a terrible caregiving day, which I have certainly in my lifetime had, many of, right? Horrible. You're thinking, this was a dumpster fire of a day. What the hell could have... Could there be a moment I enjoyed? And then you really have to rack your brain. And you, you know what? I really enjoyed my coffee this morning, or I really enjoyed that that 
cashier or that that nurse or that that orderly smiled at me and asked me how I was doing. I really had a good moment with some human or with my pet. And you write that down. And then what am I grateful for today? It could be that same thing, that you had that same interchange of human connection and love, right? And then you know every day that you're going to be asked that you're going to ask yourself that question each so night. You're looking for so you're looking for it. Yeah. And then you find moments in a terrible day that are actually enjoyable and you feel grateful for that. And it's an upward spiral. You find those sunsets and you hang on to them. Yeah, you hang on to anything good you can. Yeah. My wife and I just got back from Acapulco, two wonderful weeks with the family. And, and uh, as I mentioned, but the airport experience getting there was a nightmare. Oh, yeah. We missed two planes because of circumstances beyond our control. An Uber right. driver who showed up 50, 45 minutes late, never take oh, an Uber to the airport. <laughs> and other things, construction at Tom Bradley Airport, which means they put you on a bus from one terminal to another. It was just a nightmare. And uh, we didn't get to Acapulco until like 24 hours later. So we oh. basically we stayed in the airport for 24 hours. Brutal. And so, but we were positive about it. He says, you know, we're going through this. We must have, you know, uh, the wherewithal to get through this. Yeah. It's all going to be worth it all. And it was. And then when it was time to leave, we were praying a positive airport experience. Everyone else yeah. had a positive air. Of course, when we got there, the dog's uh, certificate uh, had expired one day ago. It was only good for 14 days. It was the 15th day. Oh, no. And that just started the whole process all over again. We missed another flight. We, we couldn't get another one until the following day. Oh, no. And, and praise God that uh, uh, the good friend where we were staying in uh, Mexico, she had her vet fill out another certificate without even seeing our dog. You know, uh, what are the odds of that happening? She rushed it over to the airport and she she got us out of Mexico, and uh, but you know what we we were just smiling during the whole thing, saying yeah. it was worth it. Right, this is nothing compared to the wonderful experience we had. Right, and uh, you know not everybody can do that. Even the kids were saying, "Oh my well, god, you guys are amazing! You are so positive and so patient." I don't know if I could have done that, you know. Um, but they they could if they practice. So practice makes perfect, huh? Well, it, it another thing, I'm 69 years old. They're only like in their 40s. I don't know if I was that way in my 40s. I mean, sometimes you just got to learn this stuff through the hard knocks of life, no? Right, right. definitely, right. My, our son got married 10 days ago. Is today, what's today? Tuesday. <laughs> so like maybe nine days ago? He got married last weekend. Uh-huh. Not the weekend that we just had two days ago, but the weekend before. And it was a destination wedding in Idaho, in Sun Valley, Idaho. We've got one of those coming up. And so many people missed their flights because there were all these flights into Denver that were just canceled because they don't have enough ground staff. They don't have enough air traffic control. People were coming from the East Coast and there was smoke. My sister coming from Miami. I mean, it was it was amazing that people all got there. Amazing. Some people got there a day late. They missed the welcome dinner. They got there the day of the wedding. It was all so good. Did they have a mindfulness attitude? Most of them, all of them, some of them? <laughs> uh, 
some of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's their problem, isn't it? Yeah, I had a mindfulness attitude. Yes, we can only be responsible for ourselves. Yeah. Well, in your book, you share SNAP strategies for coping with anger, anxiety, grief, sadness, depression, shame, guilt. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And even political strife, which we know there's no shortage of that, and disaster. So why is self-compassion and soothing touch the starting point for all? Because you have to calm yourself down. It's all about calming your own nervous system so that you can respond to whatever it is. You hear my dog barking, sorry. So it's <laughs> it's calming down. So the way I organize the book, if you're looking, you know, if you're having a parenting issue, you might not wanting you might not need to look at the political strife chapter. So uh -huh. you can just pick it up and put it down based on what your problem of the day is. But the whole Panoli is learning how to manage your own nervous system so that you can respond better to whatever it is. Wow. And be in control of your own body, stuff, you know, your body, mind, emotions, spiritual, you know, because the body reacts to things like that. Uh, there was a time I was getting hives every time and I didn't know why. And I said, well, I can't be stressed. I, I feel calm. But something inside of me was freaking out, you know. And and I didn't even know what it was. Fortunately, that stopped, whatever it was. <laughs> I had a period um, like two weeks ago where my heart was beating out of my chest. Really? Yeah. And I... Never figured out what it was? No. I mean, I know it was stress. I know it was wedding stress because yeah. the wedding was at our home in our backyard. Yeah, we've had one of those too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, I just calmed myself down. I, and uh, some of my tools didn't work right away. And finally, I put earbuds in and laid down in uh, on my bed and listened to a guided meditation for anxiety on Insight Timer. And about 10 minutes in, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was fine. You know, I yeah. woke up maybe 20 minutes later and I was like, oh, thank God, I'm, I'm calm. And, you know, we don't have to find out what it is sometimes we are stressed out what is this what is this i gotta find out what this is so it doesn't happen again maybe you'll never find out what it is just right. move on just fix right. it right you know sometimes your car makes a noise i'm an auto mechanic and sometimes uh you know the noise uh goes away by itself especially when you're showing it to a mechanic <laughs> and and sometimes it never comes back just don't worry about it <laughs> that's that's when somebody's looking out for you yes so uh, most of us have heard the term inner critic, mm. and we all have one. We all hate that photograph that our family member took of us. Don't you dare post that on Facebook, and everyone thinks it's the greatest picture I, you ever took. But, uh, you know, we're all too, too familiar with that nagging internal voice. So it's your first book. You recommended calling yourself sweetie or some other term of endearment. But you have a more colorful term for that inner critic. What is it and how can we silence it? Well, I call my inner critic my inner bitch. Yeah. And there's an exercise in the first book that's from the Mindful Self-Compassion curriculum where you really figure out who is that voice. Oh, my gosh, the dogs are barking. Sorry. I can't hear them. Don't worry about it. Okay. Who is that voice? What is that voice trying to do for you? Because it's... 
it's the voice of a primary caregiver from your early childhood. <laughs> and usually that primary caregiver is trying to keep you safe or not have you embarrass yourself or whatever it is, raise the bar. And you've internalized that. And then as you grow up, the voice gets harsh and not helpful. Bitchy. So, you, yeah, so it's bitchy. So you, you know, so in the writing exercise, you pick something simple like, I wish I exercised more. And then you write a letter from your inner critical voice, you know, lazy, fat ass, get up off the couch. And then you write a letter from your compassionate voice, which everybody has. It's the voice that you would use if your dearest friend had the same issue. You would never say to your dearest friend, lazy, fat ass, get up off the couch. You wouldn't have a friend, right? You you don't talk to your friends like you talk to yourself or you'd just be alone. Right, right. So you find that compassionate voice and then you write the letter to yourself. And mine was something like, it's in the book, it's in my first book, but it was something like, you know, sweetheart, I care about you. I want you to exercise because I know it'll help you to feel better. You look fine, but you'll feel better and be healthier. And I want you to live a long, healthy life. Now, that tone and content is so much more motivating that you might actually get your ass on the Peloton bike mm -hmm. if you talk to yourself like that. So that's the inner critic. So then you retire your inner critic. You say, thank you. You can step down. I, I've got this now. <sighs> cool. Yeah. Well, you write about having compassion for ourselves as well as, as well as the world and letting our hearts radiate love outward, what you call a bust your bras state of being. Uh, as a guy, I can't relate to that. No, you cannot. But, but how can we, I know in the 70s they used to burn their bras, but how can we get in touch with our compassion? I think the easiest way is practicing loving kindness meditation where you're just listening to the prompt when you're new at it. And they're, whomever is leading you in meditation, if it's me on Balanced Mind with Julie Potiker, which is free, there's hundreds of them. And they're all like morphs of some kind of compassion meditation where you're saying sentences that are gorgeous to people that you're pulling up in your mind's eye or to the whole globe. So may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease. So initially you're calling up maybe an individual that brings you joy, like your pet or your grandchild or your child, if it's a smooth relationship and may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease. Then you slip yourself in there because you deserve it, but you slip yourself in there. So there's not any inner critic talk because you're already doing the heart opening. And then it's, may we be safe? May we be happy? Yeah. May we be healthy? And then you add in friends, family, the planet, all sentient beings, the trees, the animals, yeah. the ocean, you know, I mean, you can go wild with it. And it's, it's love. It's love in on your in breath and it's love out on your out breath. Wow. Julie, what an amazing show. I can't believe how fast our time has gone today. Thanks so much for coming on. And how can our listeners reach you, find out more about you, what you do, maybe read your books or my website, my website, my website, my website. It's a one-stop shop. It's um, mindfulmethodsforlife.com. So the books are in there, the blogs, the podcast. 
my teacher's books, their newsletters, anything that I've ever found helpful is in there for free for people to use to try to alleviate their own suffering. And then they'll show up to their loved ones calm and happier and managing better. And their neurons will be mirrored by whomever they're in front of. And it just raises the whole bar for society. Cool. Hey, uh, a reminder to our audience that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on your favorite platforms. And my number one newly released book, Secrets of the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world. It's available wherever books are sold. And also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com. And I also invite you to join my Caregiver Dave Facebook online support group community of 34,000 caregivers. Lots of tools, resources, videos, um, this radio show, and much more. And I'm just trying to keep as many of you caregivers who are dying before their loved ones do alive. <laughs> Latest statistics say that 30% of you will die before your loved one. 40% if you care for a dementia patient. So, um, hey, why don't you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this on. It helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. So, again, thank you to all my listeners out there. And thank you, Julie, uh, all over the world for tuning in every Wednesday and making us the number one caregiver podcast and radio show on the Internet. So until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. I'm Dave Nassani. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches, yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 31 lessons I learned from God that can change your life. Available in hardcover, audible, Kindle, and paperback, wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London, and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. The sun will never rise Like the birds will never sing again Keep breathing Take it in and let it out Keep breathing It's gonna be okay
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.